from Marked for Life Ministries and Logan Legrand. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. You are about to step into your destiny. You are about to step into the purpose that He has called you for in your life. The Purpose Podcast. The podcast that helps you find and fulfill your purpose in the kingdom. You have greatness and potential on the inside of you. All you have to do is live it out. Now, here is your host, Logan Legrand. Hi there, and welcome in to the Purpose Podcast. Hey, I missed you last week, but I am back. And hey, guess what? This one is going to be a bit different. The other day, I was just looking through all of the episodes, and I realized I have actually not taken a moment and just walked you through what it was like to find my purpose, and then give you some suggestions in your life how to do the same thing. You know, people who watch this uh, channel on YouTube and who listen to this podcast, uh, wherever you do that. I know that you may be finding yourself in a weird place in life. Maybe you're just now considering stepping out in your calling, or maybe this is the first time you're hearing things like this, hearing things about the secret place, hearing things about fulfilling your destiny. Wherever you are, I want you to know that, listen, you still have potential in you. You still have opportunity within you, and God wants to use you. God wants to use you in ministry. And so, I just wanted to take a moment and say, what was it like? What was it like to start and grow to where I am today? Because most of you know, I've I've done a lot of things in ministry. I have been on the radio at one point. Um, I have done children's ministry, youth ministry, music ministry, and evangelistic ministry. Evangelistic ministry has always been the big call, but I wanted to dive into that. One side note before I dive in completely, I hope you enjoyed the new intro. We've been working really hard on that to get it, and I'm pretty pumped up about it. It's really, really energetic, so I try to come in with the same energy, but I like it. I like it. I hope you guys do too. I want to start with when I got saved. So September the 9th. 2007 is when I was baptized. I was saved a couple of months before that. And this is when I was going to First Baptist Church in Pleasant Grove. It was actually a church camp program. And so they were just testifying and talking about how God had moved through the camp and how people had been saved. And I was like, hey, this sounds pretty exciting. So I went forward and Brother Dan Williams, which was the children's pastor at First Baptist then, led me to Christ in that moment. And then uh, a couple of months later in September is when I was baptized and Something really significant about that date, September the 9th, 2007. I want you to keep that in mind as we continue to speak. I was serving in the church um, starting at around 7. I've always wanted to do something different. I've never really fit in with the crowd. I never have. I've always been that weird kid, and I still consider myself to be the weird kid today, but I was always helping in some type of way. I ran the soundboard in the children's ministry. Yes, at seven, I did that, um, and I read the, ran the PowerPoint and things like that, so I've pretty much always been doing media, but I used to be so in love with the church. I would go on all the meetings. I'd be there every time that I could. And 
Then September the 9th, 2009 is when my dad passed away. And that was pretty significant. I was young, so it definitely shifted my life. It definitely bothered me, but I did not really process the grief at that time. I just kind of worked through it and pushed through it. And so there's been some challenges in my life that I've worked through and had to really process that grief and, and think about how it has affected me as a minister and as a person. But I can say this, I know that God had a plan. If you remember those dates, September the 9th, 2007, September the 9th, 2009, those dates actually match. They're the same date, September the 9th. And when I discovered this, I was getting ready to go to church. I opened up my Bible and I saw September the 9th, 2007. And it was in that moment that I realized, okay, God, you have a calling for my life. You have a plan for my life. And that's when my favorite verse that I say every single episode and pretty much every single time that I speak somewhere, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. I really believe that. I believe that he has a hope for me and a future for my life. And I want to walk in that every single day that I have the chance. And I also believe that for you. I think that sometimes all people need is someone to believe in them. Sometimes all people need is someone to say, hey, I know there's a calling in you. I know there's potential within you. And so that's really a defining moment in my life. And September the 9th, or I'm sorry, not September, in 2011, around the summer of 2011, probably around June or July, if I had to guess, that's when I was called to preach. So you have to remember in between all these times, I was still serving at the church. I would vacuum the floors, help mop the floors and just really do whatever I could to help and minister to others through small things, right? Like cleaning toilets, things like that. I just enjoyed serving in whatever way that I could and being at the church. It was just fun to me. It still is today. I love helping people, serving people. I love to vacuum floors. I like cleaning altogether. So it's just something that I've enjoyed throughout my life and I still do now. But in 2011, when I was called to preach, it was at a VBS. And see, a lot of people don't put a lot of emphasis on VBS. You don't think it's a big deal, but I promise VBS changes life. Y-E-S to the V-B-S. If you've been to VBS, you know what that is. Y-E-S to the V-B-S. So I love VBS. After I was called to preach, then I went out and I started speaking to as many people as I could about Jesus, telling them about his glory, telling them about how he changed my life, about how they can be saved. And I had friends getting saved. I had neighbors getting saved. People's lives were really being changed. And I believe that fire is something that sometimes I have to ask God to put in me again. Because you know, when you get saved, or you have a big revelation. It's like you get really pumped up and you get really excited and then sometimes it fades away. It fades away when you get burned out. And that's because you're not stewarding what God has given you by seeking him. Listen, if you continue to seek God, you're never going to burn out. If you continue to stay in the secret place, you're never going to lose your fire. So you have to always be seeking him. So 2011, called to preach. And not long after that, I moved to Oak Grove from Pleasant Grove. And that was a 
big transition in my life. I'd lived in Pleasant Grove around my whole life. I grew up uh, in Oak Grove down on the river, but I had pretty much always been to Pleasant Grove schools. So that was a very significant thing for me. And it was a big shift because I had to find myself. I got sent straight to a high school and I wasn't really prepared for all of those things that were in front of me. So for a little while, uh, I really kind of got off track for what God wanted me to do. I got in with the wrong crowd. And there's some things that I did within that that have helped my story develop and helped me relate to other people. And then there's some things um, that have really shifted my heart closer to God during that season. So I had a point to where I had really gotten away from God when I was in that area. And then I was like, you know what, God, I know you have a calling for my life. I know that I need to chase after you. And that's when everything started shifting. I started changing the friends I was hanging around. I started, uh, helping at a church really close to my house. I became the chaplain of the football team and I was the chaplain of the football team for like three or four years. Um, and then also for a little while, this is probably gonna blow your mind. I was actually a nursing home chaplain for two years. So I really have spoken to so many different kind of people and I've related to them and I've shepherded them. And that's taught me how to relate to so many different crowds. But in all of that, a lot of people ask me, how did you find your purpose or what is your purpose? Number one, I want you to understand this. Your purpose is to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. That is your purpose, to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, to seek him, to love him, and to obey him. That's what you're called to do. You are called to be a son and a daughter of the king. But see, Jesus also recommends for us to fulfill the Great Commission. And each and every one of us has a calling on our life. And there are specific people that no one else can reach except you and except me. We have people that only we can reach, that God wants us to reach. And it takes our yes to do that. So my purpose is simple. My purpose is to awaken hearts for the glory of God. This has been through youth ministry. This has been through children's ministry, through nursing home ministry, through football ministry. I don't even like football, guys, but I had a relationship with every player on the field. I was at every game. I rode on the bus. I smelled the locker rooms, but I made a difference. I led a first priority club for a while at a school. And God has transitioned me into so many different things, and some of them weren't so fun, but I know that it was defining where I am today and what I'm supposed to be doing. I think the biggest thing that I want to say in this podcast is even if you aren't in full-time ministry, you can still fulfill the Great Commission. I was a cashier for a while at a grocery store. I was a um, stalker for a while, not a stalker, but a stalker where you like put stuff on the shelves. And then I was a salesperson for a cellular company for a while. And then I was an assistant manager for a cellular company for a while. And in all those jobs, I have found ways to minister. It has been so hard when you have passion within you to do something it sometimes will affect my schedule. Now, thankfully, I'm full-time in ministry, but I have stepped out before without it being in God's time. And so I just want to say, hey, maybe you feel called to ministry. Don't do it outside of God's timing. 
Don't do it outside of what he wants you to do. So don't go quit your job tomorrow because you want to be in full-time ministry. Wait until you know your family is going to be okay and you're going to be okay financially. So you're walking in peace. Sometimes people get so frustrated and so depressed because they try to fulfill a vision that God has not ordained yet. He has not said, go do it yet. He may have said, do it at some point, but you're not there yet. It takes a process. And you don't need to get encouraged with, or you don't need to get discouraged with who is around you. I've spoken in really small churches. I've spoken at services with three, four people. And I've spoken at churches with three to 400 people, sometimes 700 people. That's like one of the biggest events I've ever been to. Some of the smallest events have had the greatest influences on my life because we've been able to fellowship. We've been able to connect with each other. And that's something that God has brought so strong in this season is building authentic relationships with people, truly connecting with them and praying with them and hearing God for them and saying, hey, you can get through this, man. Hey, whatever is around you, no matter what you're struggling with, you're going to be okay. God still has a plan for you. So if you're in that place today and you're like, hey, I want to step into my destiny. I want to do what God has called me to do. I have some things that I recommend doing. Number one, this is the most Christianese answer, but you need to pray. If your heart is not right with God, it's time to get right with God. I was serving in church, serving in ministry, and I was extremely busy. I was working a full-time position, volunteer. And I had no relationship with God. I was not praying. I was not reading my Bible. I would prepare for a message and that was it. And God took me through the wilderness and he taught me what it was like to be a son. If you don't understand what it's like to be a son and be a daughter, don't try to chase after what your purpose is because your purpose is that, to be a son and a daughter. Everything flows from your one-on-one connection with God. If you don't have a one-on-one connection, you can't fulfill the Great Commission because you can't tell others about something you haven't faced. You can't tell others about a God that you haven't experienced. You've got to experience in your life so that way you can tell others what he's done to go and to tell. So the first thing I encourage you to do is to pray, is to fast, is to have communion with him, common union with him, and learn how to build relationship and how to listen. Number two is to start small. I started, I didn't realize I was doing it at this time, but I started by serving in the church. Maybe there's a a pastor at your church or a leader who just needs help. Go and help. Even if it's sweeping the floor or cleaning up after an event, start small go and help. I promise it makes a difference. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. So it starts with small beginnings. Start small and grow. Hey guys, I'm still growing. My life is still changing. God is still growing. Mark for life. Yes, he is. But I can say, if I look back in my life, I've been in ministry for like, what, how long has it been now? Nine years? I'm 20 years old. I've been in ministry for nine years. I can say God has grown me significantly. He has changed the way I listen to him. He has changed the way I fellowship with him. And he's changed the way that I minister to you. Imagine what it's going to be like in 10, 15 years. Imagine what I will have experienced in the lives that I will be able to touch if I stay obedient, not 
walking with it being about me, but me walking in obedience with what God wants to do. Even if that doesn't look like something like this, what if it looks like serving under a pastor? I'm okay with that. What if it looks like stepping down and taking a break and just praying and fasting for others? I'm okay with that because that may be my purpose in that season. It may be to be an intercessor. Some of you are great at praying for people and you just need to stop trying to get on the microphone and you need to get on your knees and you need to pray for others that are struggling. I promise it makes a difference. I would not be where I am without people praying for me. Number four is launch out. Launch out. You've got to launch out. I'm pretty sure number, I actually got the numbers wrong, so don't worry about that, but you need to launch out. You need to launch out into what you need to do. Don't keep waiting on it. Don't keep sitting around. Start by doing something. Start by praying and getting right with God. Start by finding a mentor. And that's one of my other points is find a mentor. I have some people that have been major influences in my life who have said, hey, you can get through this. You have potential in you. That's why I always say you have greatness and potential on the inside of you. All you have to do is live it out. There's been pastors who have believed in me like no one else, not just there to get attention or not just there to take from me and and take things from me just because they want it. They really want to make a difference in my life and they really believe that there is something within me. And because of those pastors, I am where I am. I encourage you to find those pastors, find those mentors and put them around you. Ask them to take you out for a cup of coffee. Take them out to a cup of coffee or a dinner and just ask them questions. And also find you an accountability partner. There's a difference between a mentor and accountability partner. Mentor is a person uh, that you can be discipled by, that can uplift you. Um, and that you can go to with major issues, right? But they're probably going to be busy. Most pastors are busy. Most leaders are busy. An accountability partner is a friend that you can have your feelings hurt by, that you can be honest with and they can be honest with you. You talk with them on a daily basis. And if they feel like you're getting off track, they tell you. That's what an accountability partner looks like. And everybody needs one of those. So let's uh, recap real quick. You want to pray. You want to get right with God. You want to start small. You want to do whatever you can to begin to develop your purpose and walk in it. You also want to launch out. You want to launch out into what God has called you to do. Don't sit back. Don't sit there and wait for it to fall in your lap. Launch out and do what God said to do. And then you want to find a mentor. Those don't necessarily have to be in a specific order. I encourage you to pray first. But those are some tips that I believe will help you walk in what God wants to do in your life. Just don't overthink it. Don't sit around and wait for the perfect opportunity. Don't sit around and wait for a speaking engagement. I've done that before, and I've tried to pry doors open. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Just move with what God says. When he says go, you go. And that's what I do, guys. It has been the craziest ride. I never thought that one day I would be uh, traveling to North Carolina to support a church launch, and the next day I would be helping tornado victims in another state. It may not look the way you think it should look, but when God says go, you go. That's that's how it has to be, and that's how you're going to fulfill what God wants to do in your life. I believe that fulfilling your purpose starts with a yes, and it ends with a yes. You've always got to be saying yes, even if it doesn't go into your niche, even if it doesn't make sense of how you think it should look. I've tried to market my ministry a certain way, and I've tried to niche it down a certain way. I stopped doing that. 
What do we do? We awaken hearts for the glory of God. We awaken hearts out of spiritual complacency. And that may sound confusing to you and you may want a deeper explanation, but it changes. It changes depending on what God says in the moment. Our goal is to spread the gospel of Jesus every single day of our lives. And that looks different because we reach people where they are. It doesn't matter what race. It doesn't matter what denomination. It doesn't matter how much money you make. We just want to reach you and we just want to awaken your heart wherever you are. And so I'm not going to, to narrow that down to say, Hey, we're just going to reach teenagers who, or adults who are 20 to 25. Listen, I want to reach you wherever you are. And that's why we do these podcasts. That's why we're on Facebook. That's why we're speaking in your communities. That's why we're showing up. We are praying for you. We are feeding the hungry. We are doing whatever God says, and we want you to do the same. Hey guys, I love you. I will see you again very, very soon. And as always, never forget, you have greatness and potential on the inside of you. All you have to do is live it out.